Happy new comic book day. You know what that means. Welcome to a new episode of U.S. Comics Cast. I'm still getting over being sick, but you know who isn't sick? My sick brother and CEO of U.S. Comics, John Rivera. Wait, so I thought, so I thought I, I wasn't sick. I don't get it. No, you're like the cool version of sick. <laughs> I'm here once again with the COO. The potato roll to my low-sodium, low-sugar, low-fat, tasteless, starchy turkey dog holder, Charlie Rivera. Your intros are always much better than mine and only take one take. (laughs) I am always very jealous. One take Johnny. That's what they call me, baby. (laughs) But not in like a dirtbag way like you worked on SNL and Bill Murray had to replace you because you were difficult. In like a cool way. No, that that also. The other way also. <laughs> that would be amazing if like Bill Murray replaced someone like next season on SNL because they were more <laughs> difficult than Bill. Yeah, I'd... there's this new hot kid on the market, Bill Murray. Maybe you heard of His him. His skin is terrible, but no <laughs> one cares. He looks like if an ashtray came to life and started walking around. Bill Murray, I think. <laughs> oh, brother, brother, brother. How's this comic book day treating you? I can't complain, man. I, I clearly feel and sound better than you. So just by using you as my uh, as my jumping off uh, point of reference, I can't complain. Nice. That's good. At least I contribute. That's the most <laughs> important thing. I'm sitting here in front of a stack of comics. And uh, of all things, you and I were talking on last week's episode about the glory of of Foggy Nelson. Uh, season three of Daredevil's on Netflix now. I had sure. to go and grab a couple uh, Foggy books. So I wound up grabbing uh, at, at this local shop we have. They sell old kind of beat up issues for kind of pennies on the dollar. Nice. So I was able to get a full little run of when uh, when Foggy decides to go for... Uh, District Attorney? District Attorney. Thank you very much. You're uh, welcome. And I've, I've, you know, I got through the first issue while we were kind of setting up. Uh, and damn, Foggy's just as good as I as as we kind of agreed he was. I want a nice. Foggy book. It would be kind of boring, like just law talk, but I well, would read it. You know, it's like a comic book version of uh, NYPD Blue or Law and Order or <laughs> yeah. something like that. You know what? They, and there's an audience for that, so they have sure. at least one soul. Yeah. For the record, that was my idea. So if any executives are listening, and I see a Foggy uh, comic book hit the stands, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. <laughs> Amazing. This week, here's what I brought to the table. I'm flipping through these back issues, and I found a whole stack of when New 52 did those, I think they're called lenticular covers, where you like move them and the image changes. And like it just, a holographic type thing? Kind of. Not quite a hologram, not like the old giant-sized X-Men that uh, I was able to get at Caldor. Uh, inexplicably, <laughs> inexplicably sure. in a uh, in a rack wrapped in plastic with four other books that had 172 pages of comic books for 99 cents. Exactly, it was amazing. I didn't know what the stories were; they were all middle issues and made no sense. But I read them <laughs> front to back. Uh, it got me thinking: what what tropes, what kind of common mainstays in comics have come and gone or reared their ugly head? That, that just won't leave. So I figured this oh. week we would kind of just talk about the things that drive us nuts, uh, the sure. things that, that maybe we still love. Because even something as simple as those 
lenticular and, and hologram covers. I was just reading that that comic book sales digitally haven't really cannibalized physical sales. Hmm. The only thing I can think about that is either they're just completely two different audiences. There's the guy who wants to read comics on his phone. There's the guy who wants to read. Uh, there's the girl who wants to read, you know, comics on her tablet or her computer. Uh, and then there's people tablet who want to. Computer is fine. I I want anybody who who reads comics on their phone to just end this podcast right now and go think <laughs> well, about I've your done life. It. It's actually kind of cool because the the Ugh. the apps do panel by panel. Yeah, but so do the computers and the tablets. I mean, your phone. Even even if you have the big like. Apple Extreme or, or the uh, the Samsung were better than Apple too. Uh, <laughs> it's you're still looking at things very small. I'm pretty sure the new iPhone is like 18 by 24. Yeah, like it is well, a big screen, bro. All right, I, I take it back then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, Apple. <laughs> but the other thing I was thinking was maybe you, again the physical owner. So uh, we can even start with lenticular. I do think it's cool. I, when I was uh, kind of trying out the New 52, I was kind of going, I was along with them while they were trying to do it. New 52 for a long time was kind of, uh, they brought back their old campaign, Hold the Line at $2.99, but the lenticular mm. covers were a dollar more. But there was no, you couldn't buy a regular cover. So suddenly my, my purchases went up considerably mm. because I was kind of force-fed Lenticular covers, they never do anything for me personally. They don't amaze me with their transition. It, it honestly comes from the same place where, where a lot of my issues stem from covers because usually a cover has nothing to do with the book inside, sure. which drives me absolutely nuts. So a lenticular cover is like, oh, Superman's fighting Raphael the Ninja Turtle. It doesn't All happen right. in the book, but isn't this huh. lenticular cover cool? Give me Lying four bucks. son of a Right, it is just kind of lying with the with the fanciness. What are your feelings on on those kind of fancy three D hologram sure. goofy sure. covers? Well, you you know what it is. Look, looking at it from a purely business sense, the reason I mean, there's always they in comic book world they don't they the publishers don't do things just for no reason, um, just like they do for. Uh, hardcover you know, fiction novels and and um, really across the board it's all about catching the the purchasers eye uh, so you have a, a ton of comic books on the rack with only say the the title card the title of the book st uh, sticking out from behind reams of comics um, the the name of the game is to catch your readers eye so when they started doing those holographic first, uh, covers in the 90s and then obviously with the lenticular covers now um, to to even uh, the, the kind of gimmicky uh, have your own cover drawn on issue number 8072 of Batman it's really all about uh, uh, distinction having having that comic stand out from the sea of other comic books and uh, and having somebody put their grimy mitts all over it and and make that purchase now, now that being said, there, there's a little bit of a, a difference, I think, between the eras, just like there is you and I. So, um, <laughs> with, with with the holographic uh, covers, the the bagged comics, um, you can really throw in there also. There was this element of uh, uh, 
a lie <laughs> for for lack of a better term being told to the to the fandom that you know what this comic is going to be worth money it's going to keep it put it away oh yeah i mean that that was the the heat of the 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 bubble popping almost no yeah yeah absolutely and they 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 wanted to leave that impression that hey this is not just something that stands out so that the reader uh, uh reader picks it up but also that you know hey put this away it's going to be very valuable uh you know it was like the it was the 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 untold untruth so to speak and and i think that had to do a lot with it but ultimately what it really did for for you and i and and all the other numbskulls that line up on wednesdays for the new comics is it is it really just drove prices up um i agree with you it didn't really to me have any other um any other value other than initially to say oh hey that's cool you were gonna get that comic anyway and, and that's what i think uh that's where I, where i think the um uh, that's where I think the, the 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 missing component is from the publisher to the buyer. Look, they came out to get your comic. It's it's very rare that you would see, at least in my experience, uh, a number one issue of some title that had never been printed before of a character, team, or universe you had never known before, and that it was shockingly a hologram cover or a lenticular cover or some other gimmicky cover uh, free mask cover. included if you ruin the yeah. cover <laughs> exactly right um oh pick us up and you can be drawn into the next issue oh oh sorry wait a minute no that's that's cool that's no that's cool. that's new york new york comic-con exclusive that's, that's u.s awesome. promotion <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah for for me it was really just uh it was just an, an aside i was gonna buy that comic anyway um, I would much prefer if they had a plain cover where it's actually indicative of the comic book body that you're about to read. No one some... does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No that's, a, that's a whole different thing. That's just, we'll we'll double back to that at the end. Put but a pin in. I, to my knowledge, and please let us know on on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever in the in the you know review section on iTunes. If I'm wrong, please point. I would like to give that co company U a couple bucks. Comics Challenge. Exactly. And all that uh, social media is at Read US Comics. Uh, one last little comment on these lenticular covers. Uh, a lot of them don't work for me. Like the different printing styles. Uh -huh. A so lot the, of them, it just looks like a blurry mess to me. Uh, yeah. the, the new 52 DC comics were kind of the exception that proves the rule, but mm -hmm. a lot of other ones, and I don't mean I don't mean older ones that were left in the sun and are ruined. I'm talking about <laughs> premier quality. I'm just like, what the what is that deformity right. on you know Cyclops's face? Just uh, to double just to double back really quickly before you complete that point, there was also the era of the 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 comic book is like three quarters of the comic. book book cover i should say is three quarters normal but then there's all there's only like a, a one quarter panel that's lenticular or what holographic bastards and it's like it doesn't talk about sticking out like a sore thumb what the, the hell is this green this green magic blob in the middle of my cover that that's, still is not telling the that truth that is exclusively cost saving 
They're like, oh, we yeah, can say course. it's a lenticular cover and <laughs> save on our lenticular whatever, whatever makes that magic happen. You know what's funny about value of comics, though, is DC backed into it, somewhat pun intended, with their MA, uh, their, their mature label that they did that Batman comic with, and it was like a jumbo print. Uh, but because his schwanz was in it, <laughs> that did become a collector's item. Had nothing to do with being. I, I guess it had something to do with being an MA title because that's oh. why they felt justified in in outlining the boy's shaft. But oh, um, the fact that like then it like it's not being reprinted. That's a collectible like instantly because yeah, there was a limited amount printed. Sure, and sure. Here, here, here's the thing I'll say about that, and it, it, that's a quasi semi top uh, different topic. Um, something is collectible usually. Because more people want it than uh, the item or, or, or thing exists. You know, it's, it's simple supply and demand. So the, the issue is really the fact that it's your readers who are going to determine if something is desirable or valuable. <laughs> Ultimately, the publisher can make a guess and say, hey, you know what? This comic sucks. Let's only print off 500 copies yeah. as opposed to something where... They know it, uh, it's a significant happening or, or story point, and they're gonna they're gonna say to themselves, "Hey, our readership is gonna want this, everyone." So we need to print off fifty thousand copies, or or five hundred thousand copies, or five million copies, whatever the case might be. Um, but ultimately, again, it's it's the readership that's gonna determine the value. Do you know how many still sealed? Death of Superman uh, baggy comics there are out there in the world. Like you can go on 64 eBay. trillion. Yeah, you can go buy one for $2, $4, you know, uh, less than cover price. You can go buy one of those right now, still sealed up. And, um, you know, the, the, they, 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 they called their shop, but they were just wrong. So it's just, I find what I find interesting, and, and again, much different topic but i think it's worth worth kind of setting the the seed what's what's even the logic we live in a world where you can reprint a comic we live in a world now of digital comics if someone has to read an issue because it's so amazing there are ways to get your hands on it i'm so curious what the idea is behind these tremendous print runs but it seems weird it's like print what you think you'll sell or print a little bit less than you think you'll sell and and really have people fight to get it and and download it digitally if they have to read it or set up a, a you know set up a pull list so they they're guaranteed to have it it seems so so strange to me uh but again a, a topic for another day any any tropes any trends that really drive you insane uh well well again keeping in mind that that I really came up with comics in the 80s and was uh, a full-blown expert in the 90s. One of the tropes that really drive me nuts are clones. Really? And, oh, God. Uh, when, whenever even something is inferred to in comic with them, that, that clone story arcs or, uh, you know, a clone being involved in a storyline might, uh, might happen, it's an instant turnoff for me. I'll happily close that, close up the pages, tuck that comic comic book away, and never fucking read it again. Because clones, to me, 
are the the late. I mean, eh, I don't know. If it's, in the heavyweight I, bout, I know what you were about to say, but yeah, I was gonna say in, in the heavyweight bout of of lazy writing slash artists, clones is clones is in in the title card the, the, without without fail. It is so lame. Uh, it is such an easy out for any story arc that you might that you might have going on that has actual ramifications or meaning. Uh, it absolutely drives me apeshit, especially for the fact that the cloned versions are never even in the ballpark of coming as close to the original as um, you know as you could really ever hope for. Give me any eight-year-old sketching in the back of his vocabulary notebook in the middle of third period English. Give me their version of a character first before some, you know, some some marketing dum-dum sitting at the comic book company saying, hey, you know what, let's do this version as a clone, and then you'll have a little little something to write about, a little little way out of the, the story crap that you've written for yourself. It drives me absolutely nuts i hate it see now the reason i i i agree with you to a certain extent i'm gonna have one bit of disagreement that you're gonna dare you? hate but the the thing i hate about clones is they're an extension of we've now mentioned it 40 times but haven't done an episode yet uh it's another prime example of being just a derivative it's it's having your cake and eating it too. It's like oh, yeah, you like well, Iron Man. I mean, that's, Here's that's like an exact derivative. You know, a, that's a, like a yeah, that's it, a mirror derivative, as it were. Exactly correct. I will say though, there is there's one huge exception for me, um, and, me? and I, I need to explain it. So I apologize. But my one uh, my the one area where I disagree is Ben Riley and the Spider Man clone saga. Oh my God! Now Spider-Man is like the greatest offender. Well, let me just let me just explain. So, so the Clone War, the 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 Clone Saga, rather, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be hundreds and hundreds of issues. It I was wish supposed it wasn't. to. <laughs> it was supposed to be one book, one year, twelve sure. issues. It was like a what if, right? Not really. What this was Not was this was at the time we had Todd McFarlane drawing him. So he's being drawn darker, tougher. He's like somehow a little bit more brooding. He's married, which is a big departure for who Spider-Man was for years. He also is at his quippiest and, in my opinion, nastiest. He's at his most bully. Uh, Not Hmm. as Peter Parker, obviously, but as Spider-Man. He sees a fat bad guy, he calls him fat. Doc Ock is a fat idiot. Uh, he sees the lizard and he's like, you got bad skin, stupid. He's not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man when the Clone Wars started. That's just a fact. People still loved him, but he wasn't the same character that we had. He was almost a reboot of Spider-Man. He was Spider-Man he, Extreme. Ex- exactly. He was very much down that line. So what they did was the original clone of Spider-Man... Happened years and years and years ago when Gwen Stacy was still around. So I forget the character's name, but this character clones uh, after, I'm sorry, it was right after Gwen Stacy died. So it turned out like one of her professors was in love with her in college, which is super Uh creepy, but I think kind of a cool story. She was also smoking hot, so you can't blame her. Exactly. So he clones her. (laughs) After (laughs) he, exactly. Good to to specify. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> what's the age difference between you and you and your wife again? How dare you? Moving Fair on. Fair enough. Um, so he clones her. Spider-Man finds out. He's like, what the deuce? He also clones Spider-Man to beat Spider-Man. Spider-Man's clone gets killed in, like, rubble. So then we go on and we have 15, 20 years of Spider-Man. Again, uh, the years aren't perfect. But we went from old school Spider-Man to now we flash forward to uh, modern era Spider-Man. So the concept was the writers were like, we kind of wrote ourselves in a hole here. Where does this story go? And there were people saying like, oh, he should have a kid. He's now a family man. And they were like, we like that idea, but but Peter Parker's not that selfish. Like he he has the capacity to be selfish, but if he had a kid and, and a wife, he, he probably wouldn't be Spider-Man. So the solution they came up pick. with was bringing back the clone, but it's not the clone. The Spider-Man we've been following was in the rubble the one who survived was the clone he became spider-man that's why he's so different so they were able to justify retcon in essence yeah yeah relax so then you have the old spider-man comes back he's scarlet spider-man he's like yo bro i'm a clone then it goes oh shit you're the clone clone, you're me i'm you but you're you but i'm me but you're you and the concept was the Peter Parker we knew and, and loved would go off with Mary Jane, raise their kid, he'd stop being Spider-Man. Ben Riley, who used Aunt May's maiden name and Ben's Uncle Ben's first name, becomes the new he is he is the Spider-Man we knew from the 70s. And he's back. We're back to basics. He's he's single, he's fun loving, he's he's a, a happy dude. He is OG Spider-Man. In that concept. That's the only version of a, of a clone story that could have worked. Now, that's not what they wound up doing. They yeah, wound but up I mean, ruining even, it. Even if you encapsulate that story arc, you are fundamentally changing the, the, the landscape of this character. So to me, if I was... And, and I, I enjoy Spider-Man as much as the next guy. I'm not, I'm not obsessed with the character like some, like some good friends of ours. But if I was, if you took that that concept and applied it to Superman, who who I am a, a very big fan of, I would be friggin' livid. Yeah, I, I I would feel so. Um, I would feel so. Uh, yeah, I mean, betrayed? I would disappoint that I would be betrayed. I would be. I would. You would. You would have made me feel like an asshole. Excuse me. Bleep that out. Um, you would just make me feel like a schmuck. For having, um, having uh, been been a, a loyal follower of a complete fraud, because I don't want a Superman that's not Clark Kent, you know, in the in the in the main story arc. Granted, there there's plenty of room for uh, the deviations and and what ifs, literally, uh, Elseworlds, so to speak. That's where stories like that belong, but they cannot be part of the actual canon. Because if you have you have two kids with their with their standing at the bus stop, uh, you know, waiting to get picked up for school, and they should not have a legitimate debate over who is actually uh, Spider-Man. You know, uh, obviously you have other ways of putting somebody else uh, under the under the cowl. So you have your your um, you have your Miles Moraleses. You have your you know, your Doc Ock when when literally he went into the brain of oh God, I love Peter that Parker. And, you know, there are all there's this there's so many other 
more interesting, more fulfilling, fair ways to tell these other stories. I, I could have told that, you know, that that version of a, of a story for for you for Spider-Man without resorting to cloning this person or that person. It's just cheap. There's fair just enough. there's it, it once you've once you've kind of um to me again, and this is just opinion, obviously. Um, I'm sure, obviously, yeah, you have whatever. a very different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid son of a... Um, and and obviously the listeners, they, they have they're, the same they're mom, welcome to their, <laughs> they have, They're welcome to their own opinions. But for me, you have now created a situation where when I'm reading your book and I see anything of consequence happen, unless it's a standard Wednesday, Spidey fights, you know, the lizard and he captures him and puts him in jail. And, uh, you know, okay, I'll see you tomorrow, lizard. Oh, see you tomorrow, Spidey. That type of situation. Um, anything that happens that's above and beyond that, you know, including death, I, I it means nothing anymore. You've taken away any weight. Oh, Peter Parker's in jail. That's nah, all right. It's probably just a clone or something along those lines. You, you know what I mean? I do. Speaking of, because I, again, I we agree far more than we we disagree. Um, one day you and I are going to have a long form debate. We're going to both just. Read some of the books and see if don't see if they were salvageable. Speaking though of death, has anybody stayed dead ever no. in comic books? Never. It's it, literally never happened. Ever. Is Spider is Spider Man the closest? Is it Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy are the only two, or did no. they come back at some point? They have come back. We were just, <laughs> we were just talking about it. Well, we, her clone came back, but Spider Gwen is a different universe. Did Gwen yeah. Stacy proper come back? Uh, you know, the 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 best that I can say about it is no, not yet. Yeah. And I, his, his parents have come back, haven't they? I, I, probably, actually. Because yeah. I, I think back to perfect comic book moments. And when Bullseye took Electra's sigh and buries it through her stomach uh-huh. in the pages of Daredevil in front anything. of Matt Murdock, that is uh-huh. a perfect scene completely ruined by the fact that she comes back of course of course and it's a giant f you because it's so done with a wink and a smile and and granted i i realize we're not talking about hemingway here we know we're not talking about historical fiction they're like oh surprise george washington's back alive you know <laughs> I, I realize that we're talking about four color fu- funny books and um it to a certain degree, look, and 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 I want everybody to realize uh, that I, that I'm saying this with with the, you know take it with a grain of salt. There is the um, there's the George R R Martin school of thought, where like he's just sitting there in his little fisherman's cap, <laughs> not finishing the books that I want to read, and he's just laughing to himself. He's like, oh he he, what character did he really love again? And he kills them. It's, you know, there, there's that school of thought, and I understand how that can be very, uh, very challenging, uh, very challenging to a reader. Or, or let's look at look at Walking Dead. I mean, just by the sheer nature of the world that Walking Dead exists in, and I am talking about the comic book, not the not the show. Um, if a character is killed in one way or the other the only chance that you have of possibly seeing them again on their feet is in zombie form, which can be painful. Uh, sometimes it's tough to see the slack-jawed version of your wife uh, or, or partner. But, um, no, I mean, it, it used to be 
uh, it used to be said, like the the joke was, um, you know, the joke was that when when a, a apparent death um, of a character or a long running character came came back, or, or even before they came back, it was referred to as a comic book death. Comic book deaths are generally not taken uh, not taken seriously. That, that's it's like a permanent thing. It, it's like it's like saying, you know, superheroes wear their underwear on the outside. They, they also don't die. If you see them die, don't fall for it. Don't get emotionally involved. Don't pick up the cover of the comic book and, and see one beloved character holding the draped body or corpse of another character and believe it, they did not die. It's safe. It's just, it's, <sighs> I, I, I just can't believe how many moments were ruined, how many issues were sold over this nonsensical lie it is it right. is it is comics biggest trope i think yeah i think you're right i mean they used to they used to say that the only people who stay dead in comic books are bucky jason todd and uncle bed and all three have come back <laughs> if you if you want if you look at that list uh you know the batting average is pretty pretty high there i again it just it reeks of of bad writing it reeks of of companies not having control. It is an easy thing to do. We get a shocking panel. Ooh, Alfred's dead. Free, no, he's not. free um, boost in sales. Ooh, Alfred's back. Free boost right. in sales. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing. There's it's like the the comic comic book death sandwich. The comic book character dies. You wait. Wolverine is is probably the biggest. Holy shit! I, oh. And and. And there were, and and I uh, not not blame. I don't want to have a negative connotation, but I but I blame quote unquote blameless, uh, the the movies when um, you know, when when people around the water cooler at work, uh, who who you you've never had a comic book conversation with, but because of the toys that are on your desk at work, yeah. they, they say to you, hey, I heard Wolverine dies. And then you just have to look at them straight face and say, no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> and then have to have this conversation uh, explaining to them that, yes, in the comic book pages, he did die. But there's more of a chance of, uh, of you not going into the lottery pool with the rest of the office and then having the office win. And then you coming to work the next day as the only employee. The, the odds of that are greater than that of Wolverine staying dead. And us having the same conversation a year from now. It's just not... You can almost... You know what the real conversation is? If something happens in, in a comic book uh, title that you read and that you're dedicated to, something happens, a character is killed in one method or another, the conversation is not, do you think they'll be back or not? It's more like a, a literal Deadpool where you're trying to decide, okay, w when are they going to be? How, how long will this death last? Six months, a year, two weeks. That's the real conversation for anybody in the know. Yeah, it's it's really pathetic. The lack of permanence regarding death, it's even acknowledged. It's become like a, a self-aware uh, situation in comic books themselves. Because, um, again, I, I, I'm a real, you know, since, since a little kid, a real X-Men follower, let's say that. Um, you know, when when uh, a particular death happened 
within a comic book, um, Professor X made some kind of comment like, in mutant heaven, there are no pearly gates. There are just revolving doors. You know, or, or like Siren, when, when she was thinking about or, or referencing her father's death, death she, she just <laughs> flat out did not mourn him, literally saying that, well, he died as an X-Men, he'll be, he'll be back. It's time to do something different enough now. It, it, again, I, I know, and the worst part is I'm, I'm sure they have a real tee-hee in the writer's room. Sure. But I think of, I think of in, in all of media, uh, kind of taking into account movies, TV, the whole nine, I always bring everyone's attention to this one. They're like, well, who cares? The stakes aren't, it doesn't mean that much. One, I, of course, call nonsense on that. Sure. But one of my favorite comedies of all times is Scrubs. There is an amazing episode of Scrubs where this character is introduced. She's in the hospital. She's friendly. Everyone loves her. She's introduced. They heal her. It's like something not too bad. She winds up getting sick at the end of the episode because of like a bad intern. So the next week's episode, she's dying. She's gonna die. So a character set up in 22 minutes as a C plot winds up being the A plot of the next episode. And the show that has fantasy sequences and dick and fart jokes and is, is really nonsense has one of the fucking saddest deaths ever. It the 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 characters take it serious. Um, I was choked up like a little punk. Oh, I watched that show like once a year. Those episodes I dread. And the Scrubs did it a few times because it's a, a show that takes place in a hospital. People are going to die. When She does make a cameo in a fantasy sequence when the main character is leaving. Mm-hmm. Bro, I can't help myself. From oh, I'd boy. say one out of every five viewings, a single like dramatic tear rolls down my oh, eye. No. It is beautifully you, you cry like the Indian seeing the garbage. Of exactly, those. it is such a beautiful death, and they set that up. Total screen time. She maybe has, maybe has thirty-two minutes, hmm. and yet comic books with characters who've been around for for decades, they won't let the audience really have that. It's. It is a shame. It is a. It is lazy writing. It, it is, is lazy uh, uh, teams in control, and that's the problem with the rotating door of of people in charge. Because they, well, how do we get those? It is at the end of the day a business. I think sure. the two can shake hands though, because how none of these people have ever thought to do. It's also my problem with characters never ever aging. Like everyone's. Mm forever 30 or or 20 based on when we're introduced to them um the one problem with that is you can't ever tell stories from the past you can't ever have a quote-unquote clip show with these characters where i would love if the x-men aged even occasionally if they gave us a a 10 to 1 ratio at this point we could look back at the 90s x-men's exploit as a miniseries well, what was happening Absolutely. when this other thing was happening? What's what were the what were the B stories? What were the West Coast Avengers doing this? What was what were the heroes for hire doing during that? Um, yeah. It's been my big argument for the Netflix shows, and and I know Disney's breaking my heart by by kind of arguing with Netflix enough that that the shows are getting canceled, and and maybe they'll pop up on Disney streaming. 
But my argument is there's a lot of meat left on the bones because I want to see what Jessica Jones was doing during the events of the first Avengers. I don't think it needs to be a season, but if you told me there was a one-hour special episode right. of Jessica Jones that's happening on that day, I'm watching it, and I'm yeah, watching they, it if, as hard they, as I if can. If you are a writer for Jessica Jones uh, and you're listening uh, by the some slim miracle, um, I mean, absolutely, that that is so so can can so be done well and easily because if you have a circumstance where uh i mean just literally off the top of my head you have her uh encounter someone who oh i've, I've met that person before or what have you and she can kind of flash back to the to the near future and here you have jessica jones uh in the same city where the the alien invasion happened and and now you can kind of pepper in something like oh by the way viewers uh dedicated lovers of our material this is what jessica jones was doing the day of the alien invasion do you know how many how many uh disappointing erections they're gonna be sitting on grandma's couch <laughs> that's ridiculous i mean it, it would it would be so well received i'm sorry it just would you know and and i feel like you could do that exact same thing with any character you decide to kill absolutely and it's fun as a, as a writer. Sometimes it's even more fun to stitch together somebody else's spare parts. And when you do a good job of it, you can really kind of sit back and you know pat yourself on the back for a job well done. Yeah, man. It the only great. the only argument ever is like, well, the stakes are low. You know, they survive. Be like, well, that yeah. that's not the only that's not the only pound of flesh you can give is life yeah. and death. Again. Here's the thing. When people sat down to watch the movie Titanic, they already knew the ship was going to sink. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people showed up about tickets. Exactly right. But, again, uh, uh, what can you do? We have to change things from the inside out. All right. So so one thing that I have to talk about is, um, and feel free to, to bleep this out if the language is too harsh, but... Uh, <laughs> I have to say that the idea that the art in a comic book is the only thing that matters is pure malarkey. That's right. I'm saying it, and I mean it. It's malarkey. It's bull dookie. Josh Jolly G. Willikers, even heck, sir. All right, slow down, sir. Slow down with that, okay? There's kids listening. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think the idea that the art is the, the beginning and end of the conversation over the value uh, of a comic book is, is just completely wrong. And anybody who may say that or even think it silently, they're just wrong. They, they just don't get it. And um, one might argue that, you know what, somebody who says something like that just may have never read. It's still called reading a comic book, not looking at the pictures of a comic book. Um, they have may never read a, a good, good comic book because... It's the stories that ultimately you talk about when you're sitting around drawing with, you know, with your comic book buddies. Um, you don't ever sit around, as far as I know, and say, uh, "Hey, you know, did you see, uh, did you see Spawn 200 today? Oh yeah, the art on on uh, panel 72 was unbelievable." Yeah, it 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 winds up being a very strange, uh, strange thing for me because I think when you're little and you can't read, all you have are the pictures to go off of. So a lot sure. of people, that's how they fell in love. But you Absolutely. look at a book like Watchmen, that art isn't particularly spectacular. 
Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come is a massively told, uh, huge story, beautiful, amazing, timely, awesome story, but also as well as you have, to my eye, some of the most amazing, uh, beautifully rendered art that has, and I and I mean it, art. It's art. You can put a frame around any one of those. Yeah, every panels panel is hanging glorious. Up. I mean, you know, uh, Alex Ross is, is, a, is to call him a master is almost insulting because he's he's a grand master yeah. of comic book art. And and there are others. He's not the only one, but that is a comic book that is so beautifully rendered, uh, without without question. But that being said, if the story was just a stupid nonsensical simplistic story if the if the writing in and of itself was not uh was not par um if the 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 conversation the dialogue was a duty uh then nobody would really be talking about it except for the occasional oh you know what was a beautiful comic uh you know uh, kingdom come and and that's really the best example that i can give yeah granted kingdom come was gorgeous but if the writing wasn't good, if it wasn't at least uh, at least as good, you don't really have anything there. The writing, for the most part, is to me more important than the art. Uh, and I'm not saying that if you have great writing, then you can have stick men, uh, stick men running around and you know cutting each other in half. <laughs> but you have to have writing first. Then then you want the you want to find art that is as good as it's not better than the writing you know it's 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 also why i think a lot of superhero books fail because i i i or or not not superhero books but but superhero movies and and what they're trying to do tv shows like the inhumans arguably i don't necessarily think this but they look cool a lot of people like that look but there's not enough meat on that bone in my opinion, from what I've read, which isn't a lot because I read mm-hmm. some and I was like, pass. Yeah. When there's not meat on the bone, it's why one day Kingdom Come will get translated into some medium and hopefully um, maintain enough of its glory to really kind of shock the system. Because sure. if you adapted Kingdom Come into a, uh, a miniseries, that story is, is spectacular. Maybe that's sure. going to be... When, when all the Marvel stuff is off of Netflix, which unfortunately looks like it's sooner than later, if I was Netflix, I'd be like, hey, we have an idea. Let us launch your, your Elseworlds and let us start it big because a Game of mm-hmm. Thrones budgeted Kingdom Come miniseries. That's, that's exactly what I was going to reference because um, anyone who doesn't know American Gods, turn off the podcast right now. Go yeah. to the book. Go okay. stop what you're doing. I, I personally own at least two or three copies. I'm happy to lend out. Uh, American Gods is one of my absolute favorite books, period. And, and I'm, I'm including that with, you know, all the Stephen King, all the Hemingway, all the Peter Benchley, all, you know, I, I'm including that with, you know, everything. I, I everything that I own, it's one of my favorite books and, and stories. And um, when I found out that they were, that they were translating it not into a, a movie – but into a series, I was, I was, I, I could not have been happier because sometimes there are stories that are just too big to tell within the parameters of a two-hour, you know, popcorn Absolutely. muncher, and um, and especially when you when it's coming from a house 
that that treats their properties well and, and stars i think really is black sales was one of, one of my all-time favorite shows and it was on stars they did it big budget they didn't really um they didn't uh, skimp anywhere so so i knew that they were in good hands so can you imagine you know just put on your little imaginary caps Ugh. right now your eyes put your put your chins in your hand and just imagine the world in which <laughs> imagine a world in which kingdom come uh, you're waiting for the episode this Sunday on, on HBO. Oh, my God. It would just be, again, it, it potentially could be revolutionary. I'm very sure. curious to see what they do with uh, with Watchmen. Another take on yeah, Watchmen. As good as Snyder's wa- was, um, that's a hard book to, uh, to, to replicate. A lot of people said impossible. I thought, I thought he did a hell of a job with his adaptation. Yeah, he um, did a great job. Basically, it, it's as if you know, w- with that movie, it, it, if someone took the Watchmen and, and reduced it in in page numbers by about, you know, if they reduced it by about three quarters and, and left you with twenty five percent of the book and still like the Cliff Notes version, that's what he made as a movie, which was still to me made a good movie. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, but and and again, it tells you. Tells you a lot about that source material, though, that, that you could just take the beats, because originally the plan to to, to kind of jump left. Originally, what everyone wanted from Game of Thrones was they just wanted Jon Snow. There was a few different studios trying to get the rights to just Jon Snow's abridged story, completely yeah, out of context of the world. Seems ridiculous now, mm-hmm. but at the time, you're like, I get it. You only got two hours. Yeah, they ha- they have to do something. And if you're a fan of those books, and my boy George, you'll know that uh, any <laughs> any director out there can make a full two-hour movie just on how he describes the food in that world. Yes, yeah, <laughs> there's so much. Oh, there is so much, so much deep content there that even even the the ongoing HBO series has to clip and cut certain things out. Because otherwise, you you know you you you'd never finish. You'd have to put out two or three episodes a week yeah. to, to stay on pace. And the the one thing I will say to kind of put a cap to this, because I 100% agree, this is something you and I have shared a passion. And it's mm-hmm. ironic because you are talented as far as uh, as far as uh, writing, of course, but you oh, do also you. have a visual oh. a visual talent, which I I don't have. I can't really draw. So if any of you ever want a sketch from a guy who can't draw. Charlie's your guy. With that being said, they're like, "Not Charlie. Maybe you're left-handed." <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second! Suddenly, I start just drawing, leaving the company if I can draw too. Uh, if you still need enough of the art to capture your attention, because something sure. like Game of Thrones for a long time was not intimidating to me. I started reading it, and I was like, "Oh boy, I get it. I get what the tree looks like. Can something please happen?" So I was able to see the show and be like, wait, this is what we're talking about? Let me get back to those books. And I do feel like that's sometimes the case. Books that have terrible, terrible art, I can't, I can't, I can't enjoy them. I try. They need to at least have competent art. If it's competent, I can can enjoy a phenomenal story without losing much quality-wise. If the art is full duty, um... You know, I always equate it to this. One of my favorite artists is Dan Schoing. Showing, I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation. He does IDW's Ghostbuster series. There's one flaw in his game, in my opinion. 
Some might say it's it's his style, uh, but his hands all look like witch hands. Like oh, he wow. draws really creepy hands accidentally. Um, I love his art though. Google it. His his faces and it's like it's a cartoon realistic hybrid. It's gorgeous. Uh-huh. Normally, uh, I would proudly hang some of that art. Uh, but those hands, <laughs> just the heebie-jeebies every time. A real quick one that I don't think you can argue with me. But what the hell is with horrible makeovers? Uh, Frank Castle becomes a Frankenstein monster, then becomes a weird (laughs) spirit of vengeance with a glyph on his head that glows. Um, You have Superman going electric and uh, and twinning for a little while. These horrible, horrible uh, makeovers. There's no changing of the guard. It's still the character. But suddenly Wonder Woman is wearing like, you know, biker shorts and, and like a, a denim jacket. I, I, I'm all for people who have costumes that can be justified in changing. I hate uh, armor, let's say. But if Daredevil gets dropped out of a you know, 50 floor penthouse and breaks his ribs and dislocates a shoulder and his knee. You know what? I understand he's wearing a little bit of a thicker costume but when it's just done because wonder woman's like skirts are stupid i'm gonna wear biker shorts i what i get why the why is they want to sell an issue with the brand new suit uh, instructor at uh, paleo (laughs) you know what that would be awesome at that job (laughs) she actually would can you imagine you show up to the gym you're like oh shit diana's (laughs) <laughs> She's teaching the class. It's the, equivalent, it's the equivalent of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when Joan of Arc is doing like a <laughs> robicide. Exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> just everyone is just dying as they drag her out. It would be it would be good stuff. There's, in my opinion, there's no justification. Now, I I, I guess I could say, well, they're trying to change it up. They're trying to modernize it. I just feel like you need. A justification uh, when sure. when Hawkeye becomes what does he become Ronan? Ronan, yeah. When he became Ronan, he's just he's hiding. Like he took on a new moniker because of reasons. He's not just like I'm still Hawkeye and look at right. my wildly different costume. And Hawkeye's a good example because he has had a lot of costumes, but those costumes have relatively been within the same theme. These insane makeovers. And I guess the example I gave of, of Frankencastle is uh, is trying to meet a, a narrative. But in my opinion, they started with like Teehee Frankencastle and, <laughs> and reverse engineered it. Uh, what do you think? Are there any that stick out to you as as vast improvements? Um, um, and again, I'm not even talking about the New 52 where where suddenly everyone was kind of in matching armor. That was right. a new that was a relaunch. New costumes kind of made sense i'm i'm talking about when daredevil went from his you know his yellow and and purple to red uh, that happened without explanation it just happened uh obviously the red costume's though? iconic but wasn't it yellow and black i thought i think they were trying to i think they were just trying to describe black without using oh, blue so whenever you see like merchandising they do it literal so it's like yeah. a dark it's like a it's like a washed out plum almost i'm looking at one of my pops and his eyes are red and the suit is like it's like brown brown purplish i gotcha well you you know what is interesting is um i i i certainly do agree with you if you give um if you give a comic book uh hero or character any kind of makeover 
you do have to justify it. You you can't just have it be that they you know they came out of Edna's shop with a new suit just for you know just because they they wanted a new aesthetic. Um, but yeah, I, I think there there absolutely have been uh, numerous uh, improvements to costumes, mostly again because of updates. Um, off the top of my head, um, you know, I am thinking about and we we do talk about DC plenty. Um, but but Robin as as Nightwing, Nightwing's original costume was just pure disco duty. It was it was just terrible. The big ass uh, the big ass BG's uh, collar and um, you know the the, uh, the chest down to the belly button. Uh, pretty pretty bad. Pretty you bad. You have to you just admit one thing about uh-huh. Disco Nightwing. I'll think about it. The 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 guy from the original Superman film. That tells Superman that's a bad outfit. You know he would love the Nightwing costume. Yeah, oh yeah, he he would love it for sure. That that, that was would... a costume for an audience of one, and it was that extra. <laughs> he would potentially a pimp. The only guy, I think, literally him, and uh, Nightwing would have to go search that guy out every time he felt badly over all the other people. Nah, telling he would him. just move that guy to Bloodhaven, like two blocks down. <laughs> every night, that's how I would start my night. Gotcha. Damn, that outfit is fresh. <laughs> Just a compliment but, um, a day. Be like, thanks, Larry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that um, I definitely think that uh, costume changes, uh, just for the sake of costume changes, are are you know rarely improvements. Occasionally, though, they are you know, but but always there really should be some kind of a justification explanation. Again, you're talking to a kid from the from the from the the late 80s era x-men where you know you got excited when they were wearing new uniforms like ooh, you know what though it's it's uh here here's my one argument and it's not quite in defense of it maybe it's just explaining my point more if you look at robin through the years like robin proper not when he becomes nightwing whoever has the moniker of robin Uh what just if you close your eyes and and visualize it what do you imagine red chest Green on the bottoms, yellow belt, green gloves. Um, to 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 specify more, and and I'm gonna use my pops as an example. Every single one of them has a you know black domino of some sort. Has uh-huh. the cape with yellow in it. That and I'm looking at the animated series, the sure. 1966 television version, and what's considered the comic book version and the Teen Titans version. The only difference is the the. 1966 he's just wearing the little panties and they're green whereas the more comic book version and the animated series version red panties green tights um Uh those little changes if you look at superman through his many iterations when he's a a communist in that elseworlds tale when he's uh working for mother russia the 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 the, it's a wildly different suit because it's a gray base but he still right. has his belt, his belt buckle. He still has the tidy whities on the outside. He still looks like Superman. Right uh-huh. next to him is the new 52 Superman. It looks off. The red belt doesn't fit that mold. And the movie version, which I have on the, on the same shelf with the other ones, again, uh-huh. there's something missing. The blue with the red boots and the, the, the red cape and the red ass. It's not enough. That middle really needs that yellow... Um, yellow-red combo, even something that took itself as seriously as Kingdom Come, where he has a black replacing the yellow. His belt buckle is like a goldish 
yellow. It still has that color pop to go with the 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 kind of red. Uh, again, I'm being dismissive of it, but like the red underpants section of of his pants. Right. There's something about iconic characters. The X Men are blue and gold. They have the most freedom, and they still look like the X Men. Well, here, here, here's a counterpoint to your counterpoint. Um, Iron Man has had more, uh, more armor suits than I think any other character costume change, quote unquote. But he's always he always looks like Iron Man. Well, it's always the gold face. It's always the red predominant uh, exterior armor. So e- even though you might have the different different armors, um, you know, literally within the same comic itself, he still he still looks like Iron Man. So I think that there is a way that um, that you can make you know variations to a to a look for a character, but still keep them fundamentally themselves. Yeah, I, I agree, and I mean Iron Man is is a really well constructed character that way because it's very justified in the story too. Because even when sure. he's in his aqua armor, that's that's yeah, powder absolutely. blue and and you know green, he still looks like Iron Man because that face right. is very distinct. All right, brother, we're 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 kind of down to the wire. You get one more trope, hit us with it. You know what? Uh, I I think this one goes back um, for me to something that we've that we have hinted at and um it's for me it's it's really time travel uh time travel is such a it's such a game changer in terms of the storytelling um and it's used so willy-nilly uh and and obviously again we are talking about um comic books you know between the covers of comic books but even in the marvel universe you see now how that's clearly going to be their way uh, "Quote unquote," out of the uh, the predicament that they've created for their characters, and you know, and and not to pat myself, not to pat myself on the back too much, but it really does summarize a lot of the things that we talked about today. Um, it means that the the snap, uh, the snap of death that that eliminated half the population of the Marvel universe, it doesn't really mean anything. Even the even the writers. Are kind of like acknowledging, like, nah, don't don't worry about it, kids. It's all gonna be fine, and um and and taking taking that away from your readership, from your viewership, it really does jip them, of uh, it jips them of having any skin in the game because, you know, what's the point of rooting for a team if you never get to see the team lose? It's seeing the team lose that makes the team winning means so much. And uh, I think with time travel, considering that it's, it becomes so easy to undo things that have been done um, just for the sake of, Oh, Hey, you know, what would be fun to look at or play with is this, but don't worry about it. It doesn't really have any lasting, uh, you know, lasting yeah. uh, you know, seriousness. Uh, we can just undo it anytime we want. Uh, so so right right away there and 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 it it's um, there are so many uh, properties that are guilty of the same thing you know everything from you know Deadpool just did it most recently Harry Potter did it comic books do it um, you know if you watch certain news outlets in the world they <laughs> rewrite all the time but um no but but in all seriousness I think that really does 
Uh, it, it short changes your reader, your, your viewer. Uh, I think people are people are smarter than that, and and they want a little bit more. There is only one way to successfully do a time travel story, and that's if you're the entirety of your story is about time travel. You need yeah. to sit down. There, let and me do let work. me let me just put the caveat out there that if there's a DeLorean involved, then you feel free to use time travel. You have my blessing. And and also it's you know it, it's the easiest one to point to, but that that movie in a lot of ways is a is a masterclass in telling a time travel story and there's there's nitpicky things you can find but they sat down and they crafted uh, at bare minimum there's no way that those first two films weren't written together weren't written with the with the goal in mind and and at bare minimum they needed uh at least ideas for a part three um somewhere came in sooner than later because part three fits in very very nicely with part two um and again not not to take well, yeah, the, well, the romance out of they it knew, they knew part three was coming yeah not to not to take the romance out of it but everything worth doing is is worth really really planning out and yes we can make excuses for things like the marvel films which who knew when iron man came out that we'd be le- living up to we'd be we'd be getting to experience this weird cinema history um they really did something magical on the back of of one phenomenal film that maybe if it was a little bit maybe if it was just good we wouldn't have had what we have now with that being said whoever first planted that thanos seed that's when they should have started planning and you maybe you could speed it up maybe you could delay it but we don't live in a world where what Lost did with that random extra season just to have more people come in to, to die and how Lost ended. No, if I love Lost. I love that series. I will never watch that last season again because it makes me mad. Um, it bums me out that there really seemed to be no real plan or the plan was guessed and, and the rest of the time was, was spent being like, no, it's not that thing you guys think. It was a it was a bummer, and I and I'm very afraid. And I'll, I'll you know the Avenger films are are spectacles, and I look forward to them, and they have my money, and to a certain extent they know it. But when they're just like, nope, we solved it. You better have something clever, guys. You better have something to justify it. Otherwise, I'm going to be flat out annoyed. And yeah, but they have your money, so they don't care if you're annoyed. You better, or or what, or what, Charlie? What are, <laughs> they? They basically Marvel is standing in front of you with their arms stretched out, and they're telling you, "Come at me, bro." <laughs> but yeah, no time travel. It's it's a it's a slippery slope. It again, it's very very cheap. It doubles back into no one stays dead. Too um, easy. It's 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 far too easy to do, and it's damn near impossible to do right. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow we keep. We keep getting examples of it. If you want to tell a story set in the past, please have at it. It's hubris. But- That's what it is. People <laughs> sit down with pen and paper in hand like, I can do it right. You, you know what? That's that's accurate. I like I like the U.S. comic solution of we're actually going to have – you're going to know that we're – what time we're in at least roundabout. Damn straight. No guessing. Because I have plenty of – I have plenty of stories I want to tell from kind of, you know uh, – 
that don't necessarily fit the 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 current momentum of the book that I just want to drop sure. in every now and then. There's yeah, gonna be man, a lot of Charlie are, one-offs. There are side there are side stories that happen concurrent to to major earth-shattering events. That yeah, it would be it would be stupid and self-indulgent to go tell the day a day in the life story of a particular character who loses his. Uh, you know his dry dry cleaning ticket and and that's an episode right there um but you know what that doesn't mean that a story is not worth telling and, but and those a, are sometimes my put it on the side. favorite stories the world can't be in danger every every day you yeah. know what i mean so sometimes you need smaller adventures and misadventures and misadventures to occur in your world otherwise the whole thing is just you know again we're talking about spandex and capes and and you know magic and stuff but uh otherwise it would just be all nonsense <laughs> Some, sometimes a superhero really has to pick their sister up at the bus stop yeah, it sure. is that important that that becomes a driving force for an issue sometimes you, you have to save the cat out of the tree i'll bring it to this we talked about a lot today what are we gonna do to help change these trends and tropes well, I'm glad you asked me, Charlie. I'd like to stand on my platform really quick. Um, no, sincerely, I mean, we talked about certain things that uh, irritate us or that stand out in one way or the other. So just kind of like um, the, the fast version for U.S. comics, we really do address those things first um, and, and while we were world building. So, you know, from top to bottom, if a character dies in the pages of U.S. comics, that character is dead. There's not going to be any miracle resuscitation. There's not going to be any time travel to bring them back. There are no hidden clones of that character, you know, tucked away in somebody's uh, upstairs closet that we can dust off and bring back, you know, months down the road. So, look, dead, dead is dead. Again, there's no time travel. There are no clones. Um, gimmick covers, that's not ever going to be the case. Again, it drove us crazy as readers, so we always promise to never do that. The only thing that you'll see on covers of our comics are something, maybe a different vantage point, maybe an isolated view, something like that. But it's always going to be something that occurs within the body of that comic book. So, so that if you pick up a comic, you see something happen on the cover, you can flip through that book if you like and find out where it occurs in the story. I guarantee you. God, I'm so excited about that. Word up. Um, clearly, there are no faceless masks all of our costumes. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't say that there could be none. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it off air. Damn it. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, again, the, 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 and for me personally, as a self described writer, the writing is, the writing happens first before anything else. It's story, story, story. We want people engrossed. We want people, um, if you're trying to tell somebody about U.S. comics and you don't have, uh, a copy in your hand, you'll still be able to sway that person to check it out just by relaying to them the story that occurs within. And for me, that's everything. That is everything. It's important. And again, I'm not saying those other things can't exist. There are plenty of, of amazing writers and creators out there that could probably make even a faceless mask work. No, uh, we sat out, we sat down 
when we started developing this, we did what Back to the Future must have done. We know where we want to go. We knew the story elements we needed. So it's it's easier for us to sit down and, and make these promises, one, because we're new, but two, we're accountable. There's no uh, there's no swaying us on, on the rules and, and the kind of Bible of rules we've created. So yeah, you're really... Our rules. What's that? They're our rules. Exactly. We've we've dictated them. We've made them fact. Uh, all for you, and hopefully you'll you'll kind of join us on this amazing journey. At Read US Comics is all of our social media. Please rate, comment, subscribe, tell a friend. Let's keep this train rolling. For the CEO John Rivera, I am his tubby miscreant of a brother, and the COO Charlie Rivera. And until next Comic Book Day, you suckers, keep on reading, keep on buying. Thanks.